Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, it's time for a brand new My Mate Bought a Toaster. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, before we start the show, just a, just a quick word a fraction of a second uh, to let you know that this show is brought to you by our friends Onto. They are the company who can allow you to subscribe to an electric car. Get rid of your petrol and your diesel. Stop burning old dinosaur bones and get yourself an electric car. It's an incredible deal that they offer on Dot2. Go and check it out. Uh, it's amazing. You can get all sorts of different electric cars from uh, Nissan Leafs to Renault Zoe's, uh, Teslas as well. And uh, they, you pay them a monthly subscription and they pay for the insurance. They even pay for your fuel, uh, which is very exciting. On Dot2, go and have a look at it. Anyway, episode time? Yeah, come on then. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, it's My Mate Bought a Toaster. This is the podcast that dives into my guest's Amazon purchase history. But I'm guessing you already knew that. Unless this is your, this is your first episode, in which case you're very welcome. And, and well done for choosing a cracker of an entry-level My Mate Bought a Toaster. Because joining me on the show today, he's an old friend of mine and one of the people who actually requested to come on the show. Please welcome the very, very funny, very magnificent, very handsome Clint Edwards. Good morning. Good morning. I've never introduced you like that, have I? No. You comfortable with that? Are you feeling? Are you? Are you? Do you want to take a break? <laughs> I don't know. It was, I know. It was such a glowing introduction. It started sounding suspiciously ironic toward the end. <laughs> um, so, Clint, um, you have given you've given me some access to your Amazon account. So, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to dive in. If that's all right. Um, you haven't really got. Yes, a try and sidestep the more sordid purchases. Yes, well, um, I'm already hot under the collar because it's approximately 42 degrees in this room. It's unbearable, isn't it? I know, I know. It's a problem because when you're podcasting, you just everyone gets very low energy. So, so is fizzy water okay? I've got fizzy water here. And what? What? Are you suggesting that if it was if it was still water, there wouldn't be a fizz on the audio? So mm. is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've still... the bottle. We could. <laughs> I've only got fizzy. Um, can you can you wait for a couple of hours? <laughs> Just give it a shake. That usually takes all the all the fizz out of it. Um, okay, so um, here we go. We're going back to two thousand and eight, Clint. That's where this this begins. Okay, um, is that when I joined? Well, it must be, yeah. That's that's those are your earliest orders. How how old were you in two thousand eight, and where were you at that stage in your life? Two thousand eight, I was thirty. God, thirty seven. Two thousand eight? No, you're thinking what? How old? Oh no, yeah. Are so you? Jesus, <laughs> what's in the fizzy water? So two thousand. I told you. I told you. Yeah. Long I thought you were young. Oh, You're yeah. only going to get two of the four syllables. We basically put Clint in a sauna mid hangover. So this is going to be oh. a very interesting subplot to the episode. Um, this is so difficult. So two thousand and eight. Come on. How old were you? That's not difficult. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Right. So you were twelve years old. And yeah. um, no, you weren't. Come on. 27. 27, right, thank you. Uh, and you bought in, um, what have we got here? June 2008, a gift order, uh, Witchblood by Anya Bast and John Pilger in the Name of Justice. Two books. Do you want to tell us? I mean, Witchblood looks uh, pretty cool, looks slightly sort of erotic sci fi. <laughs> If that's if that's a thing. what? Looks like erotic sci fi. I don't know if that is a thing, but, you know, like hardcore sci fi. Oh, I don't know why the 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 gift purchase is on it. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> well, it was for you then. Well, you should always add gift order because sometimes it's free, and that way you get a little present for yourself. Do you? Yeah, you can add gift order. Actually, no. You got. I think you got to pay two or three quid for a bit of wrapping paper. But you know, 
that seems a bit bleak if you're buying it for yourself. It's a little bit Mr. Bean uh, writing his own card at his, his birthday, yeah. isn't it, in the restaurant? Um, no, co- I think that's... Yeah. If, if I remember, that's um, that sort of a weird witch erotica book was for my sister. Why I'm buying erotica for my sister, I have no idea. I mean, it's something she's obviously asked for. It's just a great starting point. You know what I mean? <laughs> if we were sitting down for dinner now, Clint, strangers, right? And the first thing you said was, I once bought witch erotica for my sister. I, did, uh, I didn't say once. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you'll find as you go on, there's a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> a lot more of them. Witch erotica. So, um, so tell us what how, what how does witch erotica work? What is it? Is it well? Witch erotica is is a group of independent testers uh, who don't take who don't take their money from advertising, and they will test erotica and give <laughs> ratings. Out of, oh, this is the other kind of witch, isn't it? <laughs> witch erotica. Oh god! That, who do you trust to get your erotica from? Well, you, there isn't trust pilot for erotica, so you use which erotica, and then people you get reviews from users. Well, I found I found um, which blood to be highly stimulating. Tell us about which blood. Oh, I, d- I didn't fucking read it, did I? Oh, okay, fine. All I right. did what my mum used to do whenever I asked for a book growing up. She'd just go, "There you go," and I go. Did you did you read the back of it, Mother? Do you know anything? Do you want to talk about it later when I finish it? She's like, no, no interest. And she was like, I was asking for things like Goethe, uh, the Sorrows of Young Werther, about a young man who's like lost in life and ends up committing suicide by twenty one. She's, 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 she's just giving, she was giving me all these books and just not looking at the back of them. I can tell you what it's about. Turning her back on the coven after her sister is killed by a demon. Oh, that's already arousing for me. Isabel Novak, a water witch. Turns her well, rage. Wet, wet witch, and, best kind. Yeah, yeah, wet witch, exactly. Uh, turns her rage and sorrow into power and determined to destroy the warlock she holds responsible for the tragedy, forms an uneasy alliance with an earth witch. Wow, water witches and earth witches getting together. One of the signs of the apocalypse. There. You just um, get a muddy witch. <laughs> exactly. Um, a muddy witch who stirs within her a deep <laughs> desire. Oh. Oh, there's a deep desire happening here. Um, oh, look, someone's given a bad review. Jay Turner, don't ever, ever, ever read another Anya Bast book. This was a waste of an hour of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well done for sticking at it, Jay Turner. <laughs> that's, that's 60 minutes of my life I won't get back. Um, listen, mate, don't try and do an English degree. Jesus. Um, this was a waste of an hour of my life that I'll never get back. <laughs> Truly terrible in just about every way. The characters are all hot. I know how they feel, frankly. And go at it like rabid rabbits. But the sex is all slot A into tab B stuff, which actually makes it rather dull. <laughs> oh, yeah, the characters are all hot too and dress in leather or rubber whilst calling up magical forces. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, come on. Dressed in leather or rubber calling up magical forces. It's like Harry Grotter. This is... Frankly, the muscle band studs left me cold. They were so one-dimensional. God forbid. I'm not going to give up on this review. God forbid that a male character should actually exercise the muscle at the other end of his body. Woof, woof. I added that woof, woof. All right. It's better with the woof, woof. That was not not author's own. Not even a bonk fest, just a blah fest. Or to use the correct term, wall banger. Clint, your thoughts? Why? Just look at porn. (laughs) No, but maybe you want to get involved and in, in, in sort of indulge in a more, you know, compelling fictional world. Anyway, Clint, you're straight off the bat, you're buying porn for your sister. What's John Pilcher <laughs> in the name of justice? What's that about? Oh, that's an, that's a, an easier wank. It's a, a <laughs> collection of documentaries um, about various human rights abuses around the world. Um, Great. I, I just sort of gone right off John Pilcher. I never really liked him, but I find him humorless. What is it? What is a John Pilger, please? John Pilger was a journalist, or still is a journalist. He's um, 80, 1939, I believe he was born. All right. And uh, he used to write for The Mirror back in the 70s when it was more of a a left wing sort of radical publication. Mm. And um, then went on and did a bunch of books and documentaries. and I think, I can't remember, but I think that one you're looking at is like yeah. subtitled something like Documentaries That Changed the World, mm-hmm. which is a very modest title. But yeah. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's often put in the same category as people like Chomsky and Robert Fisk and oh, yeah. um, Finkelstein and people like that. But unlike all those, and Howard Zinn, but someone like Howard Zinn, reading him is a joy because he's 
funny and he's got a sense of humour, but Pildrew is humorless. I tried to read Robert Fisk and that was very hard. Oh, which one? The the massive one that came out about 2000, just after 9-11, so 2002 oh, or 3. C- Civilization, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. I know, but it's 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 quite dry. You've really got to you've really got to indulge. You're not indulge. That's not the right word. But you've really got to um, concentrate. Basically, concentrate, Clint. You've got to concentrate. <laughs> and you know, I, I'm sorry, Robert Fisk. I'm trying to read about civilization and the the wars between the religious and racial cultures around the world. But I'm just a bit distracted. Just can't quite commit. That's the problem. Um, anyway, this I, is a DVD. John Pilger in the name of justice. So I did. I um, heard a lovely little bit of gossip about. Pilger, when I was at a party once and I was talking to um, he, an ex-girlfriend of his who oh, yeah. also worked in the Mirror in the 70s. And yeah. uh, she told me that, you know, for all his sort of uh, um, documentaries on, you know, human rights abuses and things like that, that yeah. one time the, uh, you know, in the 70s, they'd, they'd have to evacuate quite a lot because uh, IRA scares of bombs and things. So yeah. one time that they were, the fire alarms went off and they were evacuating. And uh, Pilger bolted down the stairs when everyone else was trying to get out as well. <laughs> and she said, uh, her main memory of that was um, he had very sharp elbows. <gasps> no, really? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> That's like uh, Avalanche, isn't it, that movie? Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's fantastic. They just did an American remake of it. It was originally, I believe, a French movie. Someone's going to correct me on that if I'm wrong. Uh, but they did a remake with Will Ferrell and um, Julia Louise-Dreyfus. It, it, it's a great concept where... Um, there's a family on a skiing holiday and a an avalanche begins at the top of the mountain. And as it gets closer, everyone sitting on this balcony and this restaurant realises they're in danger. And the dad, played by Will Ferrell in the remake, grabs his phone and runs. <laughs> and, and as it is, the avalanche doesn't quite get to them and they're all fine. But the, the wife clocks that he's done that. And it's the fallout of that, essentially. Um, it's on a three-year contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Marriage hasn't got three years left. Come on. Yeah, I didn't renew my insurance. For God's sake, I've got to get the phone before I get the kids. Um, so John Pilger's got sharp elbows. You see, already we've got some sizzling headlines to grab from this this episode, Clint. Mm. God, you can... Did I ever tell you my dad was on the IRA hit list? No. Yeah. Go on. Well, so my dad used to work for the CBI. It's Confederation of British Industry, a uh, kind of the employer's union, essentially. You know, the good guys. And um, I've got uh, my dad, father sadly passed away years and years, years ago, but I've got lots of DVDs of him on things like Newsnight and Breakfast TV. And if anyone is of an age and they remember a man with terrible buck teeth, my dad had the worst teeth in history uh, on Breakfast News in the 80s and early 90s. That's my dad. Uh, usually talking about the employers saying how, um, uh, you know, rights for workers was going to cost business and also things like there'll be a talent drain and all the talented people will leave. You know, that sort of all those sort of slightly right of centre. I'm, I'm being generous there. Those, those right wing clarion calls don't you know don't fuck the workers we've got to think about the people who create the wealth all about the wealth creators um anyway the ira took a disliking to the cbi who my dad worked for and um they the the police or the whoever it was mi mi fives or sixes found a list of potential targets and my dad was on it so uh, my dad lived in london and i was uh, growing up in south wales living with my mum and my dad would come back on weekends and stuff uh so we're sitting in south wales in a very small uh, rather idyllic market town one day my brothers had left to go to university knock on the door and the police arrived Oh, hello there, proper Welsh policeman. I've just come to inform you that um, uh, <laughs> Richard Price, your your father, your, your husband, Mrs. Price, he's on it. We found some evidence. He may be on a list. He may be on a target for the IRA. Okay, have a good day. Thanks then. <laughs> just left. <laughs> just left. Well, that's The fuck? Um, and uh, yeah. That, and that we all was... had a laugh about it at the station because there's a price on his head and the man's name... <laughs> <laughs> it's Richard Price. Oh, we did have a laugh. We really did. So, you know, you've made our day, if that's any help. And my mother, as well, you know, Clint, because we're quite old friends now, but my mum drives a, uh, my mum has cerebral palsy and she drives a mobility scooter. And, uh, and this is the early 90s when those were still quite new, rare things. And it was a big truck that she used to drive, a battery powered vehicle. And I, w- I would frequently find her looking under the mobility scooter to check for any devices. True story. I mean, as an image, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> Just did you, have, did you have like the mirror mirror on a stick? No, we we didn't go for the full mirror on a stick, but um, I, occasionally I was tempted to get an ice cream carton and stick it underneath and just see what she did. But I decided not to. Um, so she's she was looking, she needed a mobility scooter, but then also you kept catching her looking under it for devices. 
Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Hang on a second. If you can get down like that, surely you can walk into town. No, she. I don't think she had. A, she didn't have a particularly good look. On she sort of glanced underneath. She'd sit on it. That's what she'd do. She'd sit on it and then slide herself off. Do you know what I mean? Like peer over and have a look underneath. Right. Yeah. I'm like nothing, that. Yeah. Nothing now. Um. Oh, I'm like that. Yes. What I, I did. I didn't well. know your dad was targeted. Yeah, targeted is probably an oversell, to be honest. He was he was on a list. I just imagine it was a very long list. I mean, the list probably just said all people who have right-wing opinions or who are conservative supporters. You know what I mean? It was probably one of those lists. It was a kind of... Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was atting everybody on Twitter, basically. Um, all right. When they're looking <laughs> through your shopping history and they don't understand it, been Let's move on. Sorry, I've 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 been a bit of a diversion there. Um, Clint Edwards, we're talking no, it's to you. Well, we're talking to you about your life. That's the point of this podcast. Two thousand nine, September two thousand nine. Gloucester, I know blues, essential blues anthology. At Karen Dalton, it's so hard to tell who's going to love you uh, the best. The best of Bobby Blue Band. Bobby the the best of Bobby Blue Bland. The best of Barbie Blue Bland. The best of Barbie Blue Bland. And Highwayman collection by the Highwaymen. Now that, Johnny Cash et al., we had that on Matt Ford's episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster. So um, a lot of music here, Clint. Which one would you like to defend first? <laughs> They're all good. Yeah, of course. What year was that? 2000. There must have been a track on it. Okay. Because I've had blues albums for decades. So since I was a teenager. So... Um, I must have. It must have just been cheap, and there was a couple of tracks on it that I wanted. That's yes, the it, thing about blues albums; they're very cheap. Well, two pounds ninety-eight. Is that often because the copyrights expired? Yeah. Yes, all the people on it are poor and being exploited. Mm, oh God, there's a read on blues music. Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Louis Armstrong, one of the greatest musicians ever lived, uh, never made a penny of any of his um, major studio albums. You're joking. That's why. Yeah, that's why you had to keep doing live live uh, performances. But never made a penny. Wow. Fuck. There's a good documentary called 20 Feet from Stardom that uh, I think it's still on Netflix or something. And it looks at all the backing singers of um, people like Stones and Bowie and, uh, and how they were treated by the industry, which is mm. not very well. And yeah. Phil Spector, who... <laughs> Yeah. A as man a, of, a, of absolutely no ill repute at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a man who literally shot someone in the face. Um, <laughs> God, sorry, I should not laugh at that. It's just, it's quite a turn of phrase. Yes, he do, He really did, yeah, yeah. He really did. And then turned up to the court case in a huge wig. Um, that was so weird. This will distract him from my murderous antics. <laughs> Put the hive on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would get all these brilliant singers like Darlene Love and that to record these tracks and then, um, then just go and get uh sort of teeny boppers to go up and mime them and uh never paid them in fact darlene love was working as a cleaner and she said uh, she was cleaning someone's house and they had a radio uh, the radio playing and she was like hang on a minute that's <gasps> me and then um no way. And, uh, yeah so i won't spoil the end but uh watch the documentary it's really good wow fuck Fuck, it's mad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. My, uh, I went, there was someone who, because um, uh, you know, my hometown was near Rockfield, the recording studios, and um, lots of oh. stuff was recorded there. Loads of people recorded there, Queen and all this sort of stuff. And they, there's a big documentary that just came out about it. Uh, but one of the probably lesser well-reputed bands uh, was the Happy Monday. So I think it was Black Grape, actually. Um, and they did, uh, one, of, one of the guys I knew in Monmouth was a session musician with a harmonica, and he wrote the riff... Yeah, 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 yeah. For eighty quid, he got for his day. He's raking in. Yeah, no, no, eighty quid for his day. Yeah, yeah, eighty quid for his day. Right, so he didn't get any of the PRS. No PRS at all. Remember that, Clint. If you've got your harmonica, make sure you bring a lawyer with it. That's the important lesson. All right, so you enjoyed the blues. Um, also, Highwayman Collection. Uh, I mean, again, this is we've poured over this before um, on My Mate Bought a Toaster. And the reason Matt Ford bought it, right, is because there's just one really good song on it, the first song he loved. Can you defend more than that, or are you not prepared to do that at this stage? I'm sure the rest of the CD stayed on, mm-hmm. but I can't remember. I can't remember the other tracks on there. Okay, well... Who's we've- on it? Chris Christopherson. Uh, you've got your Johnny Christ Cash, me. your Willie Nelson, your your Waylon Jennings, and your Chris Christopherson. Called Chris Chris, as his friends go. called him. Um, there you go. It's uh, four alcoholic 
<laughs> Four alcoholic yeah. country guys who are terrible to their wives. Yeah. <laughs> Together at last. Together at last. Um, guys, you should really be talking to each other, not singing. Uh, the, the first review sums this up. I bought this solely for the song Highwayman, as it was cheap. There we are. <laughs> there you go. go. The benefit of art on Amazon. Um, all right, let's move on, shall we, uh, Clint Edwards? Let's dive on forwards now. 2012, uh, we've got a classic DeLonghi DEM10 compact dehumidifier. Now, that is one of the best things I've ever bought. No, because I was about to begin, begin a rant that those things never work. Tell me more. Mate, it is game changer. Go on. If you have damp, get yes. a dehumidifier. If you have, um, when I was at uni, I had... Uh, the leak coming through my ceiling that my you know like all, why are all landlords shit mm. so they'll come around and go it'll be all right during the summer it's like yeah but it's february now <laughs> um so i had to we could paint over it that's not gonna solve it is it how did you become a landlord <laughs> so uh so but it got onto my books and then your books get damp and if you get and and some of my books had book lice your books had book Very lice distressing. Yeah, at uni. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Oh God, heartbreaking. Did, did you have? Did you? Did you lose some much loved books to book lice? I threw out <gasps> hundreds of books, but then, uh, I, then I found out. Then I thought maybe Google the problem, and there's an easier solution. What? Um, <laughs> oh shit! Then you don't, don't you don't need to burn the books. Uh, maybe that's what the Nazis were doing. They were just book lice. Oh God! If only they'd known. Um, what is what is the solution to book lice? Thirty nine to forty five would have been so much better if it was a God dehumidifier in berlin <laughs> come on delonghi where were you um what, but if you get a dehumidifier yeah. and so then this is my gift to the world if anyone is uh have a problem with um a tiny tiny little like the size of a pinhead i thought i was going mad because i was telling people about it and they're like oh, i've never seen these things yeah uh, and they all but you also you get, get quite often get them in kitchen but anyway damp environments you get them in cupboards because people have their kettle under the cupboard with steam coming up and yeah and that sort of thing but um they, if you bring the, the the humidity of the room below fifty percent, oh. they will desiccate. Oh, really? Tricks. Yeah. So, so if you just... want to go to war with book mm. lice, mm. then you need to get a DeLonghi dehumidifier. That is, that's a strap line for this episode. Might use that as the trail, mate. Might use that as a trail. <laughs> if you ever want to hook people into my mate bought a toaster, I can't imagine because Clint, something which I should share this with the listeners, something that you and I share is a um. You know, we've we've talked about witch porn. Obviously, we're both keen on witch porn, but we really fetishize books in the same way. I know you have the same problem that I do. I mean, is my to be read pile is about the same height as me at the moment, and it's it's a problem. Oh God, yeah, constantly, and it's it's forever growing. I've got books on the way. Yeah. It's just, but it's so nice, isn't it? Pick them oh, up, hold them, sniff them. The smell, the smell of books. I can't, you know. And uh, do you have the same thing that I have? I wonder where I just feel like, like for example, we were working on a thing together one day, and we um, we had a lunch break, and there was an Oxfam bookshop, and we both went in and just browsed and bought stuff, and we both done shows at Hay on White together as well, at the Hay Festival. And and when you're there, surrounded by those bookshops, I just want everyone else to go away so yeah. I can lose myself for uh, not just for twenty minutes, like for weeks what i want to do is buy the books and i really really mean this i want everyone in my life to fuck off so i can just sit by myself <laughs> and and be a book hermit and i and i've never managed to do that right obviously um <laughs> but i wonder at what point i go actually you can come back in now i think it would be weeks have you been getting much more reading done in lockdown? I had a very successful stint at the beginning. Beth and I were dividing the labour of the children very neatly, and I had these three-hour chunks at the beginning of every day, and I read a massive pile, and it was very, very satisfying indeed. And I, I felt much happier. I was a much happier human. I was I was hearing people going, you know, like two or three weeks into lockdown, going, I'm bored, I don't know what to do. I'm thinking, oh this God. is your chance to read all those books that you've been buying and yes. storing up. Yes. Yes, I know. I know. And people saying, "Oh, I don't you know, I don't really like reading." And you're like, "Well, well but- I worked at um I worked at a bank for 18 months and it was hell and uh um I won't say which bank it was, but put it this way, is he looking at the posters on the way and it was the only time I ever felt like punching a horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh on my lunch break, uh I was sat <laughs> reading a book and uh, this is this uh, girl who sat next to me. I don't know, she's probably about 19 or whatever, and she's just flicking through her phone. And she just looked at me and goes, I can you even be bothered to read? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
can't oh, you be bothered wow. to read? Wow. What did you, what did you, did you have a response? You did, I mean. Um, I can't remember what I said, but it might have been something po- pointing out that she'd literally just been reading Facebook on her phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the Bill Hicks moment, isn't it? <laughs> what you reading for? <laughs> what you reading for? Um, so we do we do share a slightly uh, I I call it an illness obsession fetishistic but fetishistic but also um, you ended up working not in a bank but in a what would be a nice word for us reader files Re- well. <laughs> <laughs> something not contentious are we going to get on board with yeah and if we have a book club maybe we could be a ring of reader files. <laughs> <laughs> Before we want to snipe, hang out my uh, ring of reader files. Should be fine. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Yasmin Akram. Join myself and my friend Philippa Dunn each week for our podcast, We Heart Worry, a show about cars and their engines. Obviously not. It's a show where we talk about our fears, our worries, and our anxieties in a bid to help you with yours. And we just have a laugh as well. So join us. There's nothing to be scared of. I promise. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, uh, tell us about working in the where where you didn't work in a bank for long. You then worked in a yeah. worked in a bank, worked in a library. Right. So um, and then when you were surrounded by books in the library, did it very quickly become work, or did you still have the weird fetishization of them? Yeah, yeah. I still liked. Uh, I liked them when they came in, but then once the public gets their little mitts on them, they they get fucked up fairly quick. Mm. And also, we'd have. Um, I think pu- uh, libraries are super important, of course, for people with access points, but they're also access points for a lot of people who well, they don't have a lot of money and they come in to use the computers. And um, uh, and some people use it as a, like a hangout or to do drug deals and things. So um, it was a good mix of people in there. Um, wow. Not all of them were respectful of books. So I'd Did you try and explain the Dowie Decimal System to the drug dealers? Or? <laughs> no, we didn't even use that. It was just the alphabet. Oh, yeah. I know that one. Yeah, we did. We had someone borrow Nigella Lawson's cookbook. And right. I thought, that's strange because he doesn't strike me as a chef like person. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brought it out uh, without the cover. Ah. He brought it back without the cover. So, so hang on. So, what's the implication there? What's he done with it? He wanked uh, over. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, he was a known perf. <laughs> he was checking out. I was like, "You're not going to." I mean, there's one ingredient you're going to add that is not listed. <laughs> that is too much seasoning. That is too <laughs> much seasoning. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> get the dehumidifier for the. Uh, that, I mean, that will get rid of book lice. So that is <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on from the dehumidifier. 2013 now. Oh, very Edwards. quickly. Well, yeah, sorry, I, I just popped back to my mind when I would get books. When people were bringing books back to the library, quite often you'd you know be checking them in and uh, you'd open them up and there'd be left in the book a single sheet of toilet paper used as a bookmark. Oh, that's nice. That's isn't nice, it? isn't it? It's nice. Nice to feel close to people like that. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> now, also in, tw- in 2012, actually, I don't, I don't want to go on to 2013 just yet because this is quite interesting. Uh, but on the 8th of March 2012, it's a pretty terrifying image. I mean, it only costs £6.15. It's the Draper 560 gram hand axe with a steel shaft. I mean, yeah. th- that's a weapon. That's a, that's a proper weapon, Clinty. What is it? An axe? Yeah, you bought an axe, mate. I mean, what, what, who was, who was, who was upsetting you? <laughs> You bought a fucking axe. I have no recollection of buying an axe. You know That's what, no, I'm sorry. You don't buy an axe and forget that you bought an axe. <laughs> I have no... Oh, I don't have an axe now. Right. I did for a When I... Because I've moved house quite a lot in the last few years, and, you know, you just leave stuff in your car boot. I realised I was driving around <laughs> for about a year with an axe in my boot. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> sure you can search the car officer it's absolutely fine a- axe and gaffer tape nothing to see here um so so you don't did you know why do you why you bought the axe no oh my uh i think it's for my it was for my brother-in-law he was because they just got a log burner that would be oh, it right yes right. but that's a hand axe i've yes that would be for him whereas it was the full full length axe in my boot with right you had a full you had a full <laughs> length with the long shaft yeah in your boot yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what did you buy like, it for I mean, is it was just for log cutting right let's just assume it's log cutting yeah yeah it's for log cutting yeah yeah yeah, yeah say that <laughs> i find i find log cutting incredibly therapeutic oh when he hit it bang on it splits so satisfying that power i'm basically i'm i'm conquesting a tree you know what I mean? I'm I am mm. beating a tree with my own sheer brute strength, and yet what the tree doesn't know is doesn't take that much strength because you just got to catch the point. It's so satisfying. Let the axe do the work. Let the axe do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, okay, good. All right. So Clint's got a, a thing for axes. That's fine. Let's um, skip on ahead now. Let's see where we're going now. Um, 2013. You've got a green laser pointer. Nice. <laughs> anyway, oh, nice. That's six point yeah. seven seven. That's in the old the pen style laser pointer. I mean, in twenty thirteen, oh, that was yeah. basically what we used instead of Twitter, isn't it? That was yes. That was the summer of trying to bring down as many planes as you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that? A laser pointer. A laser pointer. Wait, I mean, they're famous for um, tormenting cats, aren't they? Yes, that's probably what it was for. Yeah, my cats playing with them. Um, right. Oh, also, I used it in. Um, uh, I did. The Bad Film Club, Nico and Joe, where you sit in a cinema and you watch a film and then you go, look at that. And then it's good to use a laser pointer to point at something amusing. Very useful. Uh, make sure you use it in Bad Film Club when you are performing alongside the film. Don't just use it at your local multiplex on the weekend. <laughs> well, we did We did one gig in uh, in Edinburgh one year and this guy, this guy <laughs> who was who just come in the back and sat, sat in the dark uh, obviously drunk, middle of the afternoon. Yeah, didn't know, didn't know it was a show with people mic'd up talking. <gasps> over thought the it was show. just a movie. He was just going for a quiet movie. Yeah. He just thought, he just thought, oh, Die Hard two in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and then after a few jokes and us pointing uh, things out on the screen, he just went, who, "Whoever's talking over the film should shut the fuck up." <laughs> 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 such a good Edinburgh review. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, those laser pointers are—they're an interesting one, aren't they? Because you can uh, you can you can use them for a lot of things. You can terrify children with the whole red dot thing. Um, you can sort out any myopia you've got as well. Just shave a few milli- millimeters off your eyeballs. They've got a mm-hmm. lot of mul- they've got a lot of uses, but tormenting the cat does seem to be the the go to use for them. Yeah. That's probably why you should never take a cat to a TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> never take a You're cat to a nuts. TED Talk. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's what my grandma always said. <laughs> so, hi, guys. In the summer of 2007, I had this idea for a business. <laughs> Get away! Get away! <laughs> bom, bom, Okay, uh, 2015, Clint, you bought one of my favourite things ever, the complete Calvin and Hobbes. If there is such thing as a happy place in my mind, I have it in the form of Calvin and Hobbes. I, I, please tell us, tell us why you love them so much. Oh, ever since I was a kid. Yeah. 
Um, was it the Express newspaper, I think? Yes, that but, was interesting, um, isn't it? It came in a... It was definitely the Express, because that's where I read it, because my mum took the Express. Odd that such a far-right rag should <laughs> should be uh, pumping out, dog-whistling such beautiful liberal sentiment. Yeah, yeah. It was just slipping under the radar all the time. Um, yeah, I absolutely love Kevin Hobbs and have got... I've got, like, all the books individually anyway, but I thought, yeah, I just want to get the collection. Yeah. I actually saw last year, I went to the Billy Island Museum in Ohio and saw some original Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes. I did a little sort of snoop around backstage. Oh, really? Like, uh, backstage. <laughs> Whatever the behind of the museum is. But I had um, this tour and uh, they pulled out some original Peanuts, some original um, Little Nemo, Charles Adams, you know, who did all the Adams Family stuff, and yeah. uh, Bill Watson. It was great seeing the originals. Amazing. Oh. So cool, so cool. What you can and actually- heartwarming as well. It's like reading P.G. Woodhouse. You just finish, you finish a book, and you just think, oh, the world is a nicer place. It's a nicer place. And if you've never read any Calvin and Hobbes, it's the story of um, this little boy and his his best friend who happens to be a tiger. It's a toy tiger, and occasionally we see him from in a sort of uh, you know in a movie, maybe in Fight Club or something, when you suddenly see the character talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're, they're talking to Brad Pitt. <laughs> I can't believe you just compared it in Fight Club, but, but it works. It, it works. works because Brad Pitt isn't there. Because actually, it turns out he's just a. Fl- it turns out in Calvin and Hobbes, he is just a fluffy toy. But in that's what that's the end. That, that's the sort of entrance for this thing. You have to understand that the adults see the fluffy toy. And but and, that, and that's what Bill Watson does so well, it is the pullback and reveal. He will do a, you know, eight or nine stills of this intergalactic thing where Calvin is a superhero flying a spaceship yeah. and the tiger's with him in it. Spaceman Spiff. Yeah, Spaceman Spiff, yeah. And you're with him and you it's such a great story. And then there's that just that cut at the end, that last sequence, that last <laughs> picture when he's on the floor next to his mum who's fed up with him and the, and the tiger's just this, you know, just an old toy. And it's childhood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Bill Watson studied philosophy and I think there's a lot of that in there where you get that, um, uh, oh God, what would, I suppose a Jungian thing would be interpenetration of opposites. Where oh, please, come on, you tell get, me more. Like, like, <laughs> 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 Your voice there went like... What's that? AMSR. Oh, is it AMSR? Independent. Yeah, ASMR, 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 The cameras. What? That's that's one. That's one. ASMR is the sexual fetishization of noises. Like, yeah, that's your voice went all like that. Well, just tell me more about interpenetration, please. I knew I shouldn't have said it. Come on. No. Um. No, like what you were saying about uh, how it would be like two uh, two different worlds crashing into each other, and it's that moment when uh, one collides into the other that it's uh, that has it's just a beautiful thing. It's so gorgeous. I love them so much, and and it's making me want to go and actually. Do you know what? They're also, it's- just piss yourself funny. Like yeah, it would be it would be like a three, or like a four panel cartoon, and it would be Calvin waking up in the middle of the night, Calvin climbing out of his window. Uh, the next the next panel will be um, uh, his mum and dad in bed with the phone ringing, and then the last panel is just Calvin in the dead of night somewhere at a call box going, "Hi, Dad, guess where I am?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's adventure and it's stupidity and it's it being in the moment and it's oh god, I, I could talk about it for hours. And you know what I've realised, Clint? Because I I I. I love Calvin Hobbes from reading them at my brother's house, my much older brother, 10 years older than me, um, set up home, obviously, when I was still a kid. And I would go and stay with them and they had them all. So I'd often be sleeping on their sofa bed reading them. And it occurs to me, Clinty, that I don't have any Calvin and Hobbes in my house. So I know, genuinely. So I think I might actually get this. And it's such an important part of my life because honestly, you say the comedy thing. I really believe when I was 10, 11, 12, the thing that got me laughing, I'd read a lot of Beano and Dandy and I'd been really into all that. Yeah. But this is the thing that that began my my journey, me, me, the, the slippery slope towards doing comedy was the joy yeah, of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. So I'm and gonna... and and there whereas I also enjoyed Beano and Dandy as a kid, Calvin and Hobbes felt it was more clo- it was well much more closer to real life because it they it resonated more. Like there's a there's um one sketch where he Calvin hides a 
snowball in the freezer for six months to throw it at Susie yes, in the middle of summer. I remember that one. And, yes. And I did that <laughs> as a kid. I was like, because I, I was like, I've got a sister. My mum's got a freezer and there's snow outside. So I made a, <laughs> made a snowball, put it in a sandwich bag, hid it in the back of the freezer. <laughs> And obviously completely forgot about it. But then I was rattling around in there one day in the middle of summer looking for an ice lolly or something and found it. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Vicky's in the garden. So I thought this is going to be the funniest thing. So um, I threw it at her. Um, and I'd like to say I hadn't noticed the density, <laughs> the change in the fluffy snowball over six months. But I think I had and I just chose to ignore it. Um, yeah, hit a square in the back and she went down <laughs> like a sack of shit. <laughs> she, she just, I just, yeah, took my sister. It's probably why I'm buying all the erotica as an apology. <laughs> uh, but listen, my dad, I yeah. said, my, my excuse was <laughs> because she yelped. Mum came running out and went, what the hell's going on out here? And I went, well, I don't know. Um, and there's just my sister on the ground next to, inexplicably, a snowball lump of ice next to her. <laughs> and, uh, and my dad, um, before I could even then confess, he went, probably fell off an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Good, good. Um, fell listen, off an aeroplane. Fell off the back of an aeroplane. Do you know what I'm doing now? For the first ever time on, on My Mate Bought a Toaster, I've never done this before. I'm about to buy the hardback complete Calvin and Hobbes. Woohoo! You don't know how much it is, bloody hell. I'm just going to click on that and forget about it. How much is it? When what? I bought it, it was, it was a reasonable price. Yeah, about £45. 45 pounds. Yeah, it's, the complete hardback is £100, but I, I need it to be in my house. I need, it just needs to be there because my kids are starting to tune into it. And that's, that's they're starting to tune into it. Are you going it. for the hardback one? Yeah, it's an important book. It needs to be in my life. I just, it's one of those things. I've just got to have it. Just got to have it. I've done it. I've just spent a hundred quid on Calvin and Hobbes. That is not what I expected to happen. I mean, that is literally to make it clear. That is literally. I reckon that's about how much I earn a month from doing my mate bought a toaster. So <laughs> I've just spunked it on Calvin and Hobbes. Um, oh my god! I've done it again. Yeah. Thanks, mate. This is. I mean, I need to kick back from Amazon. If it weren't for my Amazon. Bezos would be on Universal Credit, and I'd be on the front of Forbes. Yeah. <laughs> I spent. It's it's essentially wealth dis- redistribution just between two men. And what I've done now is I've got you to give him another hundred quid. I know, I know. Well, that's it, isn't it? Imagine how much he's getting of that. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. Let's not dwell on that. Um, all right, let's move on. Clint Edwards joining me on My Mate Bought a Toaster. We're crashing on into 2018 now, Clint. Once more, there's a... There's a- a dark undercurrent, if I can say that, to various things you buy. For example, the uh, £14.95 on the Roughneck uh, Gorilla Crowbar. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, in the same order, the Pawaka 3D Skull Ice Cube Tray Mould. <laughs> Some sort of ritual or what? Sounds like a good night in. Yeah, yeah, in, in someone else's house with that crowbar. <laughs> The crowbar is amazing because I smashed the shit out of my sister's shed. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what you're doing. You were destroying her shed for her. It was actually, it was a shed and a chicken coop. They had a big chicken coop and they were moving house and they needed to break this thing down. So me and my brother-in-law, Adam, and he he goes, I've got a couple of crowbars and we were both all drunk. And uh, (laughs) we we just went at this chicken coop. It was a big one, like a walk-in side. Had loads of chickens. Um, we let them out first. Good, thank you. And, yes, uh, I was waiting, yeah, for, that. I was waiting for that bit. Yes, God, it was so satisfying. It was so satisfying. Um, smashing stuff like, up is amazing. Then afterwards, then afterwards, I was like, I must have a crowbar in my life, so I bought one. <laughs> oh, hang on. So this this crowbar was not purchased in order to facilitate smashing the chicken shed. No, smashing the chicken shed was so much fun. I was like, I'm going to buy a crowbar and smash anything I get the opportunity of. Wow, wow, <laughs> you just loved it so. I need to have a crowbar, but Clint, you don't have anything to smash. There'll be something. <laughs> I was going to put it in the boot, but I've already got an axe in <laughs> Pop it next to the axe. Um, what about the um, ice cubes, which are skull, skull-themed ice cubes? Any, any excuse for this? They are great. They, I thought they were going to be a bit naff, but they're like uh, some like a little silicone mould, and mm. then you fill them up with water, very much like a normal ice cube, and um, they come out proper little 3D skulls. Yeah. So you get to enjoy your gin and tonic and a little... You know, memento more there. And crunch a skull at the end. Crunch a skull, yeah. Fantastic. This is fantastic. And also, um, you can I can see what you've been enjoying those with. Johnny Walker Black Label Blended Scotch Whiskey. £7.49 £7. there. Oh, that's a good price, isn't it? 
probably got well this is 2018 actually in a couple of years ago oh, also we got some marigold um dis- multi-purpose disposable gloves uh, <laughs> now are you a fan of a glove clint <laughs> i think you might find a lot of those gloves mm-hmm. i think there might be a lot of glove purchases yeah i love a glove bloody love a glove any reason why or just just a fan of not touching things um yeah big fan of not touching things well i have ocd i have contamination ocd so mm. gloves are a quick way of slowing down how many times i wash my hands in a day it's been so like 50 then if you wear gloves it's a lot quicker also it's good for i feed wild animals so it's good for cleaning out their little water bowls and food trays and stuff you feed wild animals are they only wild because someone smashed their shed up yeah they're livid (laughs) (laughs) six livid chickens six livid chickens looking for their shed along came clint made sure they were dead um so uh so the ocd thing now i've known i've obviously i've known you for years and years and i know about this and uh, i'm not going to make light of it because it's not particularly funny but i am thrilled for you because uh, lockdown and corona must be like the, the dream for you this is your olympics <laughs> this is my olympics of course in fact it, having uh, contamination ocd it was sort of like having a superpower when corona hit because everyone's freaking out going oh god there's germs everywhere yeah what do you do and i'm like well, this is how i function day to day anyway so i'm like you know my girlfriend's worried about going to the supermarket or um just leaving the house full stop and uh, I'm there with my, you know, I've been like stocking anti-wax open <laughs> gloves since my traumatic childhood. <laughs> it's the happiest I've known you in years, Clint. I'm so, I'm so happy for you. Um, I'm all, yeah, so everything in there. Do you remember it was a Dettol advert years ago? And it was a very clever advert because you could see exactly what they were doing, which was sort of manipulation. And it was, um, but it's sort of how uh, people with contamination OCD see everything all the time and the advert was someone touching a raw chicken and then going around the kitchen touching other things yeah and wherever they touch would like light up blue do you remember that advert? yeah I do absolutely remember that advert and they've now used that for real with corona haven't they they've they've done a they've got a luminescent paint and they've they've set up an experimental gig in China oh, I think it was they? yeah right. and they, they put a little bit of corona i.e this experiment this this luminescent paint that only shows up on on UV they put a bit on a door handle, let everyone have a lovely night, and at the end, put the UV light on and went, holy <laughs> fuck. And basically, they jumped into Clint's head. Yeah, exactly. So then so then uh, in March, or whenever it was, when everyone started going, oh, God, I'm going to have to think about what I'm touching, because I've already got a brain that looks at everything like that all the time, mm. which is uh, incredibly debilitating it slows everything down but it was uh suddenly you know it's like a little superpower i was like i know how to deal with this this is the world that i've always expected (laughs) the world's come to you finally but do you have ways of dealing with it do you have ways of of making it better or do you just live with it yeah i'm going through things there's like uh like meeting at the priory once a month and i haven't seen them for ages but uh is there really yeah Are are you really doing that have I, done, I can never yeah. tell whether you're joking or not, Clinty. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I, t- I did. No, I did go there, and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's fine. I didn't really get much out of it because you can you read, you can get those sort of things in uh, books anyway. Because when I was at the library, there'd be a, there's a series of books that are actually prescribed to people um, in a ser- uh, called Overcoming. So it's it's pretty much you just work through that. Yeah, but hang on, the worst possible way of delivering therapy for people with ocd especially about contamination is oh, by mate, giving them it. a fucking library book exactly get it on the kindle <laughs> get, it on, get it on the kindle thanks <laughs> that's interesting about the priory though because i've i've been to various <laughs> that's why i've ruined so many books because i've cleaned them <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's why you lost the job at the library and uh, i got a at a george orwell book the other day come through the post and i just looked at it and it's one of those you know those like when they give and they have like a rough paper cover and mm. it's like a non-sealed cover. I just looked at it and I went, well, that's going to be fucked in five minutes. <laughs> it's going to absorb then all the gave IT it a wipe back. And it's, it's, I wiped it and then the co- cover's curling up and the book's going, eh! I'm like, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, but you're living with me now. <laughs> so you can only <laughs> clean and fuck clean up. books. That's a, very, yeah. that's a very dark question to ask at a bookshop. Hello, have you got a wipe, <laughs> have you, uh, have you got a wipe clean copy of Calvin and Hobbes? <laughs> 
<laughs> just love tigers. <laughs> Um, all right, Clint, uh, let's leave that image behind and we'll crash on now into lockdown, okay? Let's find out what's going on with you in 2020, okay? So we're going to have a little look through your lockdown. Now, uh, there's more gloves. There's some Under Armour um, short shorts. And what I love is that you've obviously sent these back, right? And they give you a <laughs> refund. But one of the f- I've never seen this message. This is really funny. So it's 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 shorts, Under Armour shorts. You've sent them back. You've got a refund. It says, refunded. There's no need to return your item. <laughs> Free shorts. <laughs> Have you never had that before? What the no need to return your item message? Yeah, no, I've never yeah. seen that before. No, is that a Corona thing or is that just what they do? No, because I've bought, I bought a bunch of things and then clicked, as you know, because you've taken the mic out of me when we've been in previous summers elsewhere, and I've been I've been wearing black jeans, mm. and I said I don't own shorts, and then. I thought this summer, I'm going to try shorts. Oh, my God. But- Do you even have shins? I can't even imagine seeing those. <laughs> Little pale goth Robert Smith shins. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I ordered shorts, put them on, and I thought, these aren't me. So then I was like, I'm going to return these. And then they just went, yeah, don't, don't send them back. <laughs> I love it. That's really funny. There's no But they also, also said the same. I got a baseball cap because having long hair. Yeah. And I went, I don't, uh, baseball caps aren't me. So I clicked to return and, uh, and they went, don't bother sending it back. <laughs> a bunch of free stuff. Mate, there's a lot of, uh, you got Alice Bands here. You bought uh, $7.99 on headbands. This is for your, your beautiful, long, flowing locks. Mm. Uh, dude. Thank you. You've got, a, you've got the return window. Time to get some free Alice bands, I think. Unless it'd be really gutting if they went, you need to send these back. And you could just send them back covered in your black hair. <laughs> Screw you guys. Yeah, I need them. Um, okay. Never right. never even touched an Alice band before lockdown. Now I own how many? How many's on there? Uh, you, uh, eight. There you go. You know, I need to get eight to find one that fits my massive head. <laughs> have, you got a, have you got a Megabonds? Huge. Have you? Yeah. I've got a mega. My, I've got such a mega bonds, right? That I I didn't know this about you. This is this being great, Clint. I feel like I've got to know you even better. Um, I've got such a Kevin Hobbs therapy, massive heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. IRA. <laughs> We've done it all. We've ticked all the boxes. IRA, exactly. Classic podcasting. Um, I uh, went on a stag do to Latvia, ticking another box, and uh, they went go-karting. It was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Literally, you turn up and there are guys there are guys refueling the go-karts while smoking and using <laughs> the go-karts as ashtrays. I mean, it was just fucking, this is mental. Uh, and we go down, we go into this basement to get our speech, a health and safety speech, which was uh, his uh, jacket, his helmet. That was literally the health and safety speech. Um, while we're sitting there, we can hear... <laughs> rifle fire in the woods surrounding the go-kart track someone asked what it was turns out one of the other options you could do on the on the stag weekend was shoot cattle it's awful 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 place right not lavish is not an awful place this particular spot was awful <laughs> so i'm sitting there and they all start trying on the helmets and the, I, I saw i go straight to the end right straight to the end to get, get the biggest helmet not even, not even slightly, not even slightly did it go on my head. They could, the consternation amongst the team who were uh, in charge of the go kart circuit. They were like, "Well, well, well, well." They go and get the others. They're like, they're going to get their colleagues, not to find a helmet that fits me, but to point out the freak, right? And eventually, one said, "Loads of Latvian being spoken," and he went off into this special corner and opened this hatch, like the proper kind of. We'll go to the the freak corner for the extra, extra, extra large, and he gets this massive fucking helmet and everyone's like oh because i was thrilled because i'm like great i don't need to go go-karting right this is yeah i can go and execute a cow instead <laughs> yeah exactly uh fresh beef get your fresh beef <laughs> so i'm standing is brilliant the guy pulls the helmet out and my heart sank because i was like oh shit i'm gonna have to put a helmet on and go go-karting with these bricks <laughs> none of whom i like very much anyway and uh he comes up to me with the helmet puts it on my head like i felt like i was being uh, like some sort of coronation right <laughs> everyone's looking around everyone else has got their helmets on pops it on my head Still didn't fit. Absolutely oh, thrilled. Oh my god! Absolutely thrilled. You outsize their their biggest helmet. I mean, this may not be true, but scientifically, I think it is. My head's bigger than Latvia. That's basically what I'm trying to tell you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Um, so uh, they've, they've never had a Joseph Merrick like us. <laughs> um, listen, the, the, you, to complete this this lovely. Uh, tour through your life clint edwards there's some excellent things in lockdown um which really sum you up because you know there is a slight there's, there's a gothic seam running through your life and there's also an extremely well-read man who loves his book and his books and his literature i love um, my book he loves his book <laughs> um is one book that's clean enough to read um you've got uh arriving still to come actually uh wh Auden prose volume three. Oh yes 
You're a fan of Auden. Love Auden. Plunge oh. your hands in water, plunge them up to the rest, stare, stare in the basement and wonder what you've missed. I just, I, 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 I would, I would kill with an axe if necessary to have the ability to grab lines from my head like you can. And you always do this. No, we, uh, I, I seem to remember being on a train with you a few years ago and we were quoting Philip Larkin. Uh, Larkin's different. I could do a bit of Larkin. Also, who did, um, stop all the clocks? Was that Auden? Auden, yeah. There you are, mate. Got that from four weddings. So up your bum, Clint. (laughs) Stop all the clocks. Cut off your phone. Stop the dog from... There we are. So uh, a bit of Auden in his life, but it's not just all about Auden because also he's got one of the other great writers, obviously there's WH Auden, but also Don, Monty, um, the complete gardener, a practical, imaginative guide (laughs) to every aspect of gardening. Now you've bought that for your other half. Um, That is erotica. (laughs) That is, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm I'm kicked out of the room. Any reading of that is being done. Yeah, Mon- Monty Don and his bloody gardening. Um, so a bit of Monty Don. We love Monty Don. And did you see the episode recently where his dog died? Did you see that? No. Oh, jeez. But uh, yeah, no. I, I can't. I can't deal with. Have you have you seen? I can't deal with anything. The death of an animal. No. Have you seen the uh, that Futurama episode um, with? Oh God, what's his name? Fry has a dog called Seymour Butts. Sure. And the episode is called Jurassic Bark. Yeah. And it is unbearable to <laughs> unbearable oh. to watch. It's beautiful and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's an episode of Futurama. And it's up there with um I can't think of anything that's more poignant than that. Wow. Maybe that's just me showing how emotionally stunted I am. No, but- no. Futurama when it hits is almost as good as Calvin and Hobbes. I think that's fair yeah. to say. No, it is. It's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. Um I think that one of the things that made me like you, Clint, uh, was not only were you very funny, cash, very handsome, and uh, you gave me money, and you wrote jokes for me on a, you write jokes for me on a, um, on a radio show, but let's not get distracted by that. Um, one of the things that makes me like you, Clint, is how much you love animals, and I've always noticed that about you. You really do love animals, but this passion that you've currently got for animals is taking it to a whole new level. Um, we should complete <laughs> the episode by sort of the most revealing thing about you. You've spent 70 quid on the upgraded wildlife camera, Wi-Fi Bluetooth, <laughs> 20 megapixel. Uh, 70 quid that cost you. And uh, tell us about your new friends, Clinty. I'm going to have to try and work out a way to uh, use that camera to also perform in front of, so it's a write-off. Um, yeah, that's for capturing my nocturnal friends. So I've got a... a a uh, fox who visits daily Bartholomew um, and five crows. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I want to try and... So sometimes in the morning, there'll be some disturbances of food and that that I've left out. So I've bought a camera, an infrared camera to see yeah. what goes on at night. Yeah. <laughs> is that... Uh, is this... Should I go back to the Priory? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's glorious. And I love it. And I, you know, you, you do tweet about it and it's brilliant. You've got your fox who comes to see you. Um, you've got your gloves on, so it's all completely kosher. <laughs> got my gloves Everything's on. fine. There's no, you know... Um, come you, come you, here, my children, and hug me wearing a hazmat suit. <laughs> basically, you spend lockdown sitting in a garden talking to foxes and crows. Yeah. yeah. And... If if there is a better image to leave the wonderful Clint Edwards on, then I'm yet to find it. The man with an, the man with an axe in his boot and a tame fox in his garden. Um, Clint, you're wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing this uh, this life of yours on my mid toaster. Um, I want, I always end episodes with this. I want everyone to follow you on Twitter because they must because you're brilliant and hilarious. What's your Twitter at? What's your Twitter at, please? Uh, it is at. Um, oh fuck what is it Clint no it's not J- oh fuck what is it that's someone else <laughs> Clint J Edwards which I only found out when I oh I joined Twitter 10 years ago today that weird I had a notification earlier okay um, and I didn't know that my middle initial and my surname Edwards looks like Jedwards so my Twitter <laughs> handle is at Clint Jedwards and Clint I had loads Jedwards. of Jedwards people follow me he's a massive fan he's a massive fan of the Jedward. Um you don't tweet enough about Jedward, actually that's my one criticism of you um, Clint thank you very much indeed for coming on my mate bought a toaster everyone go and follow Clint Jedward at once and uh, we'll see you soon thanks Clint bye 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 the very brilliant very funny clint edwards do give him a follow on twitter and say hi to him because he's he's just glorious he's one of the best stand-ups he's an incredible mc uh, he would be my dream mc at a comedy club he's brilliant i uh, hope you enjoyed that episode i had a lot of fun i'll be back next week with more my mate bought a toaster take care
Pencil. An actor of my experience, you just get run dry. A podcast sitcom with Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. I played, I played yeah. Edmund Gelder and he played Fanny Snatch. The Observer called it a lovely thing, wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. I'm not having any more of this. I need you to pull me off immediately. Heavy Pencil from Great Big Owl. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.